We've all been conditioned to think that failure is the worst thing that can happen to us. But failure is not the issue. The problem is not knowing how to recover when we do fail. If we don't take big risks, how will we truly know what our limits are? If we don't try to fail, how can we ever succeed? The Audacity to Fail is a podcast built to inspire others to take more audacious actions in their personal and professional lives and make their dreams happen despite their fear and the possibility of failure. We are back with the audacity to fail. I said audacity with the audacity, audacity to fail podcast. And we're here with, honestly, like a brother, man. Jeff, man, what's up, bro? Hey, what's up, man? Good to be here, JQ. Hey, so you know what? I'm not even going to try to butcher your last name because every single time I say it, I butcher it. So you say your last name and then I'm going to try to say it afterwards. Listen, it's been said every kind of way. <laughs> and I feel like I don't even know how to say it correctly. Tatarchuk is Tatarchuk. How the American way to say it. My grandmother would say Tartarchuk, but I've been called oh, tater chip, like tater chot, everything else. Hey, that was kind of tight. The way your grandma yeah. says it makes Tatarchuk. it Stop hooking like up the borscht and pierogies in the back. You know what I mean? Bro. Bro, like limo's gonna come out with some guys and some suits. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? Yeah, exactly. Jeff, man, has he has his hands in so many different things. All of them to me add up to one thing, but you guys, he's an entrepreneur, several businesses. But at the same time, what I know about Jeff, you guys, is that you correct me if I'm wrong. But out of all the things that you've done from successful businesses, from conferences, from events, he has a TED Talk coming up soon. Everything has always been at the service of helping someone else be successful. Mm-hmm. Dude, well, a thousand percent. Yeah, thousand percent. It, it, it seemed like it's always been at that service. How can, I'm speaking on his behalf, he'll tell you, but how can I make this person win? We've talked, and even in the midst of talking to you, and, and the things that you've been through, you've been through some stuff. And even then that stuff has been at the service of people. Like literally you will get thrown under the bus, helping somebody else only to get out of the bus and then help somebody else again. Sometimes a person driving the bus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know about that. You've talked about those. So I, I appreciate you being on the cast, man. Dude, it is so good to be here, bro. I appreciate it. And yeah, you're exactly right. My my philosophy has always been as somebody at a young age, I was diagnosed with everything under the sun. Like I struggled in school, didn't do well in class. And so I, I got diagnosed with ADHD, ODD, dyslexia, all these different things that just made me feel like I couldn't achieve what all my other friends were achieving. I was different. Mm-hmm. I needed medications in order to mm-hmm. fit in and all this kind of stuff. And so I always felt further behind. And uh, somewhere along the way, I don't remember where I heard it, but uh, somebody mentioned this quote that the fastest way to succeed is helping other people succeed. And if you can help other people succeed, they will then turn around and help you as well. And it's it's really been the theme of my life, my business, my interactions, my relationships with people and finding as many ways as possible to pour in and feed and and uh, support other people. And as a result, yeah, it's it's hugely benefited my life as somebody who's come from a background of literally brokenness. That's incredible, man. I heard a quote that was the most selfish thing a person can do is give. Mm. It was like, because just karma and, and life and energy, mm-hmm. it always, and it's so many times the selfish people they get for themselves. But if you actually just pour into somebody, 
without anything in return, it was like just the universe <laughs> just says, Thousand percent. Oh, I got you. I, that person may not say thank you, but the karma will. Mm-hmm. And I believe it. Yeah, man. I mean, I see it. I know you believe it. I watch it happen to you. <laughs> so it's been consistent, man, since I've met you. Oh, real quick. I met Jeff actually at a pitch competition. We're going to get into, if you open for that story and, and, mm-hmm. and paraphrasing it in the best way possible tonight. Happy to. Call out too many names. <laughs> Call mm-hmm. it too many names. We'll get to that. But I met him at a, at a pitch competition at Riverside Church and I won that pitch competition. But yes, it did. was cool. It was cool to see how much he gave to everyone. You even had a little bit of stress because you wanted everybody to experience a good mm-hmm. thing. It was like, it's not that things went wrong. It was like, you just wanted every single person in the room to have such a good time that even you were, he was obsessed with the chairs and how they were positioned so that everybody sat down in a way that they could see the stage. <laughs> I remember that. Man, that's really cool, man. Hey, man. But that's the thing is like everybody's there to, to eat and you want to make sure everybody eat. You make sure everybody's mm-hmm. full. So the way, if you heard the, the way we do the audacity to fail, I do everything in kind of questions and then we just kind of have our conversation in the midst of those questions. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and get to the first question. That first question is, what do you enjoy doing daily that doesn't involve you? I, I know that. I am a workaholic and you know what? <laughs> my, my guilty pleasure is TikTok right now. Word. Dude, okay. TikTok is is consuming my attention. And because it's like <laughs> bite sized, like it's mixed in with like super entertaining stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden you'll get somebody talking about real estate or crypto and they'll drop gems. And mm-hmm. the next thing will be some whack dance and all this kind of stuff. And so these little bite sized, like less than a minute TikToks are just consuming my time, man. I, I'm in it. I like it. I'm I'm about it. Man, have that's you what ever, I do uh, in between stuff. Have you ever caught on angry reactions? No. Man, you guys check out Angry Reactions. It's this guy, it's a black guy, and he, the whole stigma of angry black man. So mm-hmm. he does the stigma looking angry, but every single post he's being positive. Believe in yourself, love yourself. So somebody will do something and, and they'll be like, they'll be like, oh, I graduated or I'm, or I'm four months sober. And he'll be like, what you mean? You need to celebrate. Celebrate you good. I'm proud of you. Come do that. And you it. can't help but be like, bro, you the truth, man. Mm-hmm. He'll make you feel good. Stuff. Every single one of his posts are good, man. Bro. There's some comedy there's some, too. It, yeah, dude. And that's what I love about it. It's 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 a whole edutainment. People yeah. are getting educated and entertained at the same time. And yeah. it's bite-sized. It it hits my attention. And so in between work, that's what I'm kind of consuming. And it it kind of fuels my creativity. It helps uh-huh. me decompress. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, TikTok. TikTok yeah, and, okay. and one wheel, one wheel, one wheel board kind of is my oh. thing. Is, is it dope? How oh, kind of one of those, man? Dude, one wheel is amazing. It's kind of a cross between snowboarding and surfing on on land, and that's definitely worth it. I highly I think I'm going to have to invest in one. I've been seeing them and I'm like, because you know how before with the hoverboards, everybody on the hoverboard made you want to look like you want to punch them in the face. Exactly. So I was like, I want to get this one wheel, but I don't want I want people to punch me in the face. <laughs> no, and if they do, you're going to fall, you're going to get hurt. Like it's, it's definitely <laughs> one of those things, but I love it, man. Cool, cool. So second question. What keeps you motivated each day to work on your goals? It's definitely my, my why. My why, man. My, my why comes from a place of in middle school, I went through a deep depression and mm. attempted suicide. Mm. And I felt like that, that misalignment was due mm-hmm. to me not understanding who I was or what I was good at. And mm-hmm. because I didn't know what I was good at and I had these external pressures from teachers and parents and other things kind of putting these 
putting me in a box that I didn't feel like I fit in that box. It, it just made me feel like I was worthless and, and depressed and all that kind of stuff to the point where I did attempt uh, to commit suicide. And since then, I've discovered this this little thing and it's it's called Ikigai. I don't know if you've heard of it, JQ. Mm-hmm. It's this Japanese concept that this dude Dan Buettner kind of made popular. Dan Buettner did this study Mm -hmm. on the blue zones, the areas in the world that have the highest concentration of people that live over a hundred years old. And one of those places, yeah, he studied was Okinawa, Japan. And Mm -hmm. he studied why are these people living? Why do they have such a high concentration of people living over 100? Well, one of the things that kept coming up was this word ikigai. And it literally means your reason for being. And so if you look at it, if you were to Google it right now, you'd see Mm -hmm. a graph come up of three different or four different bubbles. And one is your passion, your mission, your profession, and your vocation. Basically, Mm -hmm. what are you good at? What does the world need? What can you get paid to do? And yeah, essentially at the heart of that is your ikigai. And when you find that, there's this sweet spot that you're in that really puts you in alignment. And so for me, it's helping people get in alignment with their strengths and understand Mm -hmm. who they are in in contrast to their strengths and weaknesses and then Mm -hmm. empower them to activate who they really are. And so I really believe when you're living in your ikigai, living in your sweet spot and your, in your strengths, it, it does, it does some really cool stuff. So every day, I wake up with the why of there are people out there that are living out of alignment that feel depressed, discouraged, anxious, that if I'm not able to help them get in alignment, if I'm not able to help them activate the things that are on their heart, that they'll continue to struggle in that like heavy Mm -hmm. blanket of depression. And because I know the pain of what it feels like to be out of alignment and be like forced in a box that isn't me, my why every day is to work on helping people get out of the box and and step into who they really are. And that's what fuels me, man. Because I know there's so many people out there, maybe people that are listening right now that are discouraged, Mm -hmm. that feel like they're they're in a situation they're not supposed to be in. They feel like they're they're not who they really are. And one of the things I'm passionate about is helping people get aligned with that sweet spot because man, it's a beautiful space and place to be in. So yeah, Yeah, that's that's what fuels me every single day, man. Yeah, man. Literally your why is to help people find their why. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a very, that's a nice loop. <laughs> that's, that's a nice loop. Okay, so what are all the hats that you wear? Legit. I, I'm aware of a lot of them, and I know you secretly probably have. I don't even know how many hats I wear, to be honest. Like the <laughs> thing, I, when people ask me, I was just at a mastermind the other day, and mm-hmm. uh, they say, what do you do? And I say, man, I try to do as little as possible. And, and it's true. Like I'm at a place now where, and I found this very interesting definition of purpose, because I actually, in mm-hmm. my conversations with people trying to discover their why, the idea mm-hmm. of purpose always comes up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think, well, what is my purpose? And there are a lot of people out there that don't know what their purpose is, right? Mm-hmm. And and they get even more depressed when they don't know what their purpose is. They're like, well, I haven't been revealed. There hasn't been anything shown to me. I don't feel like I, I know what it is. I've read Simon Sinek, Start With Why. I've read all these books on purpose mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff, but I still don't know what my purpose is. And yeah, I found this was a very interesting definition of purpose because a lot of people think, well, purpose is something I should be doing. Sure, mm-hmm. it is, it can be, but it's also learning what you shouldn't be doing as well. Mm -hmm. Learning what you shouldn't be doing is just important to who you are and what your purpose is as what you should be doing. And so I feel, uh, I always tell people like, hey, if you don't know what you should be doing, figure out what you don't want to be doing. And as you figure out more about what you want, don't want to be doing, you'll find, okay, well, I don't want to be doing this. And you'll find more time to be doing the things that you actually love and find joy doing that uh, gets you more aligned with your purpose. So for me, I, I say I try to do as little as possible. So me, it's like little of what I don't want to be doing as possible. But 
that being said, I do a lot, man. Like you mentioned, I, I used to host a, a conference for entrepreneurs and investors with a pitch competition at the end. It would be a three-day event. It was really taxing for me, but what that did was it built a Rolodex of investors. And so I've done a lot of matchmaking for entrepreneurs and investors to find uh, VC funding, angel mm-hmm. investing, and that kind of stuff. Uh, that led me into uh, actually diving into a couple of projects myself. I got involved mm-hmm. in a uh, crypto mining project that then mm-hmm. has grown into cloud computing, which I know nothing about. Like I'm not a technical <laughs> person at all, but somehow I am a co-founder of a high performance cloud computing company and uh, up in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Like I'm actually uh, on the marketing side of things. So yeah. it's really cool. I, I know how to drive traffic, get attention and drive traffic to get people to make a decision to buy something. What they're mm-hmm. actually buying, I don't really know, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> but the principles of driving traffic are are, are pretty You're fulfilling uh, your purpose as part exactly. of it. Exactly. <laughs> That's all that matters. Exactly. I know people have a problem and I know this is our solution and we just match up the two. So yeah, I, I am a CMO of that. I do. I have an e-commerce business that I started during lockdown that blew up, that's been kind of taken over my life, that it's been a and lot of fun. it is so random. We're going to talk about it later. It is yeah. so random. Yeah, (laughs) but it's really cool. (laughs) It is, and so I was also testing some some of my. Uh, marketing skills with that and, and the business mm-hmm. took off. I, I help people with marketing uh, outside yeah. of the businesses that I do to create mm-hmm. funnels uh, for their products, create online businesses. And yeah, I do a lot, man. I was talking to some people last night. I, I even said, hey, I, I'm, a, I'm a matchmaker as well, like for relationships. So mm-hmm. if there's a single people out there that haven't felt like they they found their their person yet, I might be able to help you find that person for you. Okay, and, so I got uh, a story for you on that, man. <laughs> I got a story for you. One of my favorite movies of all time is Hitch. And I kid you not. <laughs> so good. When I saw Hitch, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Right? Because <laughs> it's so it was good. so smooth. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Exactly. And so I, in college, I would call myself like trying to dress like Will Smith and help people. <laughs> it's so true. Like I was, to me, it was like Hitch versus and the Millionaire Matchmaker. Like I was obsessed with that show for some reason. I don't know that you've seen that yeah. Jewish chick Uh-oh. on, on uh, I don't know if it was on MTV or mm-hmm. anyway, some kind of reality TV show where she would hook up millionaires. I was like, I could totally do that. But anyway, yeah. So I, I do a lot, man. It's just making people be authentic and then finding love from their authenticity, right? 100%. At the end of the day. <laughs> That's what it is. Well, okay. So the, you wear a bunch of hats. Entrepreneur is probably the biggest hat, even as a CMO. You're, it, it seems like you're entrepreneurial, even in that role. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the mindset that people want from you. So that's cool. How do you balance work life? Mm, it's probably the, I don't, and I'm learning <laughs> to, I'm learning uh-huh. to, and that, that goes back to the whole thing of learning what I shouldn't be doing and learning how to say no to certain things and learning how to, yeah, take time to go out in one wheel, take time to go out with my girlfriend, to take time to spend time with family. So my work-life balance, yeah, is, is learning how to say no to the things that don't serve me and don't align with my skill set. Going back mm-hmm. on that, that's why I think it's it's super important to know. I, and I have an acronym for this that I use with people. It's, it's basically, it's, the, it's SWEET, S-W-E-E-T. So mm-hmm. it's your strengths, weaknesses, your experience, your education, and your talents. Mm-hmm. And if you could understand what each of those things are, what your strengths are, also what your weaknesses are, mm-hmm. uh, what your education is, the things, mm-hmm. the skills that you've developed over time, your experience, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and your talents and all five of those things, that sweet spot that is you uh, mm-hmm. make up the unique fingerprint that is Jeff Tatarchuk, that is JQ Searles, that is whoever's listening to this. Mm-hmm. You are super unique and it's important for us to get in that sweet spot and understanding what your strengths are as well as what your weaknesses are allows you to be confident in what you can say yes to. Yeah. And also be confident in what you should say no to. Yeah. And, and so the more you can learn to say no to things, the more that opens up for you to have that work-life balance. And yeah, I, I think it's super important to, to live in that sweet spot and to, to have balance and mm-hmm. to understand there's certain things in life. Like I could say yes to everything. Like I get propositioned yeah. all the time for things yeah, yeah. and I want to say yes. Like I genuinely want to help people, but I find the more I stretch myself out and I put myself in spaces and places yeah. that aren't my skill set, I'm doing that person a disservice and it does everyone else a disservice. And so having a strong self-awareness of who you are really helps with having a good work-life balance, in my opinion. You say something and I wanted to kind of talk on that, on that point, because you're talking about like things that you're good at, things that you're not good at. To kind of piggyback off of that, there's so many people who don't think that they're good at anything or don't think they have a talent. Mm. I've always had an issue with the word talent just as much as I have an issue with the word genius. If we look at talent, for all of you that are saying, I don't have talent, so I don't know what my purpose is, or I, I don't have a talent, so I don't know what I'm good at, take talent down a bit and, and take it off its pedestal. Everybody that you know of that's talented failed way more times than you saw them win that you call them talented in. It's 100%. just true. Even, that, even that, that child prodigy, they just sing all the time. And so it's really, when I think of talent, it's the thing that you don't mind failing in multiple times a day. Mm, <laughs> so right? good. Like, I don't mind failing. I don't mind looking stupid. I don't mind being embarrassed. Hundreds of times a day, I have the patience to look silly, mm-hmm. right? And because what's going to happen is, is that you're going to look silly in private so many times, but there's just going to be those times when it finally starts to click. Everyone's going to call you talented, right? Mm-hmm. We call Michael Jordan the best, but he missed more shots than he made. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it, it's these kind of things, just like the idea of genius makes it seem like it's this thing that's unattainable when no, it's just mastery and mastery is also attainable. It's really just having the time. Right. Mm. And would you now there is a thing about affinity, right? So, like mm. for myself, I was born with an affinity for creativity. Mm. So therefore, my patience to be creative and my mindset to be creative comes from also being a little dyslexic. So finding mm-hmm. new solutions, I think mm-hmm. that creates creativity. But mm-hmm. you guys, so for all of you that are saying, like, I don't know what I'm good at, yeah, you do. Somebody told you it wasn't good enough. Mm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. I mean? Somebody mm-hmm. that's it. Somebody somewhere told you it wasn't good enough, but you know, you're not talented, but yet you're great with math. Math is a mm-hmm. talent. Don't let nobody tell you it's not. Mm-hmm. Cooking, <laughs> taking care of others. Those are talents, man. So you're good true. At <laughs> you're good at something. Absolutely, okay, bro. I agree with you, you man. Say that? No, yeah. I do. And I, I totally mm-hmm. agree. Like I grew up as somebody who never felt talented, never, never picked. I always picked last for the mm-hmm. sports teams, although I made it because I was tall. I could put, yeah. they say, hey, just put your hands up in the air when you're playing basketball. But I never felt like I was good. I never did well in any of my classes, didn't matter what it was. So I never felt like I was talented. Yet there always were those people, the first chair in band, or they were the, they, they were picked first for the basketball or sports yeah. team or, yeah. and, but you're right. They didn't see the actual failures. I remember uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Kevin Alusla, the, uh, beatboxer from pentatonics i remember he mm-hmm. told a story about being in high school and it was prep school for yale mm-hmm. and he he wasn't doing well 
And this is a guy, brilliant, like really mm-hmm. smart. And he said his his guidance counselor called him into the office. And and you know, this is all like the smartest people in the world getting prepped for a yeah. school where the rest of the smartest people in the world are going. Yeah. And and he told him, he says, you're not dumb. He says, you're just not disciplined. Mm. I thought that was really profound. Like, I think you're right. Like, it's not like talent isn't something most people are naturally born with, but it is, we do have, I like what you said. We do have an affinity towards something and we're willing to push through the failure, the embarrassment, the the ridicule and all that kind of stuff, looking stupid to, to work on something until you do get better at it. Yeah. I agree with that. I think, yeah, we're, we're not naturally born with stuff. We do have affinities. We might have exactly. advantages in certain areas. Like you're an outlier. You happen to be an outlier because you have yep. access to something. But Steve Jobs was, Steve Jobs could really only be Steve Jobs because he was born at the right time in the right city at the right moment. Yes, mm-hmm. he was creative, but he also just happened to be in Silicon Valley before it was Silicon true. Valley. Uh, a thousand percent. <laughs> you know? A thousand and percent. So, even Bill Gates, he just had an unfair advantage because he had access to a computer to code before anybody else did. Like he, he happened to be able to get to that thing. So therefore at 15 years old, he's doing what people 15 years old couldn't do because he happened to have access to a computer. I think Mark Zuckerberg is the same. Totally. I knew at a very young age, I am not an athlete. I mm. cannot, don't do it. Don't put me on your team. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> don't do it. On top of that, I don't like sports and I'm not going to pretend. When people to get excited and they go sports, I'm like, nah, I can tell you who won the Oscars. I can tell you animated Aladdin and people look at me weird because you're a guy, you're a guy and you should like sports. And I don't. Dude, I'm I'm, I'm exactly the same. (laughs) I'll I'll jump on the bandwagon, like like the finals. If it's it's my city or whatever, like I'll watch it with a bunch of other people, but I'm the same. I'm not interested at all in sports or anything behind it. Yeah, And it was a beauty in knowing you're not good at that or knowing that you don't care about that because then you can just focus your attention, not on trying to impress people on something you don't care about. (laughs) <laughs> and and that's the biggest Bro. thing. I think that's that mm-hmm. is the biggest thing. Is is I, f- I feel like a lot of people like certain things because other people mm-hmm. around them like those things. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and this is a big piece for me mm-hmm. is you start liking these things, knowing inside you don't like it. You mm-hmm. start not liking yourself. Yeah. And then you become this person that you're not. Yeah. And and it puts you in this space and place that you don't like yourself and but you're trying to impress these people to pretend like you like something and you just get in this vicious cycle and i'm actually working on a book right now called the lying lonely losers guide to winning and we get in this vicious cycle of trying to fit in by by lying about who we are and what we are and then we because we're lonely we want to fit in and then we end up losing out on everything and so it's it's a vicious cycle but i think if we can truly own who we are what we are what we like what we don't like and it it is a journey it's not something that you discover overnight especially if you're a young person if you're in you know elementary school middle school high school even college like man Mm -hmm. i'm 34 and i still don't know everything and i'm still learning what i do and don't like but but the more i am aware of myself of my yeah. likes and dislikes, my strengths and weaknesses, the the better it is. And the more people like me when yeah. I am more authentic to me. Yeah. Instead of yeah. faking it. So Yeah. That's why I said, I said I graduated high school with a 1.7. I, I did. What's so funny is like people thought that something was wrong with me when really it was truly I liked art and the school I was at didn't teach it. So I taught mm. myself because I knew what I wanted to do and I knew that these classes didn't make sense. And there was that one quote from Einstein. They say, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll spend its life thinking it's dumb. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that others thought that, but it was like, yeah, I know I'm going to do this. I know that nobody understands. Cause like I felt iPhones, not like the, the tech, but I knew design was going to erupt before it did. 
And so I was like, I'm gonna focus on this. Everybody's like, why are you gonna do that? You need to do something. I'm like, no, nah, I think. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I think. No, dude. And you just gotta with... live true to live true to it, man. Bro, and that was for me for entrepreneurship. Like I, yeah. I knew I was, I was building small businesses my entire life. I remember taking spices out of my mom's cupboard and <laughs> remixing them up and like selling them back to them and my family at Christmas time or a t-shirt company and all this kind of stuff like in, in, in elementary school. So I knew I was always creating and building businesses and they didn't have anything for me in school. In high school, I, I took woodworking class and the teacher said, mm-hmm. Hey, you can make whatever you want. And so I ended up making these skim boards, which are like these wooden things that you throw mm-hmm. on the sand at the beach and you kind of like surf on on the wet sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you buy them, they're like 150 to 300 bucks. Well, I was able to make them take one sheet of plywood and I worked at a surfing company. And so I was able to take that sheet of plywood, cut it out, do all the shaping, go down there, spray the epoxy resin on it and take that $15 sheet of plywood and sell it for a hundred bucks. And I, I was loving it. However, there was nobody within that education system that was able to say, Hey Jeff, this is how you can turn what you're doing and creating into an actual business. Like my parents weren't entrepreneurs, business owners. My dad's a nurse. My mom worked for an education system. Mm-hmm. And so I, it was just never around me. So I didn't have the tools in place to turn my ideas or things that I was building into a business. And uh, you're right. Yeah. The school systems didn't have that, but it's cool now to see you can get access to how to do anything to have internet like that. We didn't have internet like online classes. What? Yeah, dude. You know, you had to, you literally had to go to a school and take a bunch of classes you really don't want to take. I'm not going right. to be mean, but right. class you really, to get to the ones you finally want to take. Exactly. <laughs> right? And for all of you listening that are in school, we're not really saying don't pay attention to school, do what you can, do what you can, but get at through. the same time, but at the same time, know what you're good at and, and, and don't be ashamed to be good at what you're good at because no one else gets it. If you mm-hmm. get it, Go. Just mm. telling you, he worked on entrepreneurship. He knew there was nobody to teach him, so he taught himself. He didn't mm-hmm. come out with the best grades, but he's an entrepreneur now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think Gary Vaynerchuk did the same thing. Literally, mm-hmm. his story is the same. He yep. said he was terrible yep. <laughs> because That's he wanted true. to be an entrepreneur. Exactly. So, man, next question, bro. How do you define success and failure and happiness? Mm, I don't know. I mean, failure and success are synonymous to me. Uh, I think you, yeah. you mentioned it well, like the, the person who is successful is the one who is willing to fail the most and try every single, you know, possibility to, mm-hmm. to make something happen. And I think success is just somebody who is willing to persevere, to go through the trials, to go through the obstacles and to push through and do whatever it takes to make something a reality. And Mm -hmm. to me, it's like success is that feeling at the end of a workout. Like it's like that you're, you, you went for a run and you're, you're pushing it up and you're like, man, I don't want to continue doing this. You're like, you're halfway through, you're almost done. And you're just pushing a little bit harder. Oh, Uh I just want to give up. But then as Mm -hmm. soon as you're done, like it sucks, but then that euphoria comes over. You're like, I did it. And to me, that's, that's what success is. It's that sense of accomplishment. It's that sense of I did it and, or we did it as a team. Mm And, and owning it along the way. Yeah. I remember talking about fitness. There was a few years mm-hmm. ago, like I had gained like 40 pounds. I was super overweight. I tried to run a mile. It was like 10 minute mile at my fastest. And then mm-hmm. for a few months I started training. And then within four months I'd gotten to a sub seven minute mile and I had never run a sub seven minute mile. Like the last time I ran a sub seven minute mile, I was in seventh grade. 
And that was the mm. last time I did it. And for me, it was like, yeah, the first part, yeah, I couldn't reach that goal of getting under seven minutes. And I was like, man, that's never going to happen. But I just kept training every day, doing different things, trying different yeah. fitness yeah. programs and processes and different yeah. things to get me to that place. And yeah. so for me, success is just doing whatever it takes to figure out what you ultimately want. And then it's, it's, it's joy and happiness at the end of it all via the accomplishment. So being willing to fail. And what was the last part of the question? It was just how you, how do you define success, failure, and happiness? And then for me, it's, uh, there's this really good book by this guy, Michael Luzier. It's, it's about basically how it's called your life's purpose. Mm -hmm. And he talks about being able to identify who you are, what you're good at and figure out like what your passions are and and your Mm -hmm. purpose is. But, your purpose isn't your end goal. Like a lot of people say, like, I got to figure out what my purpose is so I can live in my purpose. Well, living your purpose isn't your end goal. It's the joy and satisfaction you get from living in your purpose. That is the goal and the heart of it all. And I, that really resonates. And, and, do you, and do you ever really get to that goal? It seems like death is like the only. Yes, the only I know. Really like I, there are times in life where it's like, yes, I, I'm there's no better place I would rather be. Like you mentioned earlier, like I've, I have failed more times than, than I've succeeded. I've been fired from more jobs. Like I haven't been able to keep a job for longer. I've, I have failed business partnerships, all of this kind of stuff and all of these things mm-hmm. happening. But at the end of it, I've also never been so satisfied. I've never been, I've never had so much joy in my life right now. And that's one of the things like, yeah, like my marriage failed, like everything kind of failed yeah. through. And I was like, you know how, and, and I think, yeah, your purpose is something you're always pursuing, but I do think you could experience joy in the journey. Yes. And so that's where I feel like, and that's what one of the things that it taught me, like my whole life, I've always mm-hmm. been ambitious. I've always been yeah. looking for things off into the future that I will accomplish. And I got big dreams. I'm going I'm I'm to bite off everything. I'm going to change the universe like Steve Jobs and I'm going to accomplish mm-hmm. all these big things. But I wasn't being happy in the moment or enjoying the process, which is actually one of the things I really love about Gary Vaynerchuk. He's not, nah, dude, I'm I like, sure. I, he could buy the jets. He could do all this kind of stuff, make a ton of money, but he's honestly at the end of it. I love the process. And I think it's living in your purpose and enjoying the journey of that process. That's really yeah. where, again, the sweet spot is. I came up with this word last year, the end of last year, I call it hustle fatigue. And it's in this space of Hustle, 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 no sleep, no sleep, no health, no health. But like you're doing it though, to the point where you're getting pressured from everywhere to be hustle, hustle. Because if you don't, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have real estate, if you're not in crypto, if you don't have a million dollars in crypto, if you didn't do NFT yesterday, if you didn't do, (laughs) you know, and it's like to the point where you could even be in your purpose, but it's like, hey, remember you're a human being. Mm. So with that hustle fatigue, do you, did you see any of those things you see? I know we see it in, because you and totally. I talk about Clubhouse totally. and it's just like everybody on Clubhouse is like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm the most successful bro. person. But I'm like, bro, all y'all. Yeah, no, it's, it is a, yeah, it's, so I was, I was with, I was at this mastermind uh, a couple of days Mm -hmm. ago and this Mm -hmm. guy, he has over a billion dollars in real estate. And one of the things he said, and he put up a a slide of how many of you love clubhouse. And this was literally a mastermind of the who's who of clubhouse in person. It was like an in-person clubhouse. And it was like, yeah, clubhouse is amazing. Got me where I'm at. It got me all these followers. And he says, I hate clubhouse. And he says, because what is the one thing Clubhouse takes away from you that you can never get back? 
Bro. You said your time, right? Like you're putting so much time um, into this thing. And it's literally like when, we, when Clubhouse first got started, it, everybody was on it. Like it was literally mm-hmm. on all the time, whether you were in or you just try to get up on stage to get more followers and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, but it's true. And that to me is time is the most important commodity we will ever have. And it doesn't matter. And sure, you want to get a return on your time investment to give you the freedom to do the things you enjoy, whether it's spending time with family or one wheeling or whatever you, you, but yeah, sometimes we, we spend too much time doing the things like, for instance, like real estate, that was one of the things I was like, everybody's saying you got to get into real estate. And so I literally spent hundreds of hours watching YouTube videos on real estate, how to do wholesale, how to flip, how to Mm -hmm. do multifamily unit, get all this kind of stuff. And it was funny. Like sometimes you get this information overload this hustle paralysis where you're just like, well, I just want to get all this information. I'm going to go out and do a bunch of things. Yeah. And dude, it's, it, it's good. Like information is great and, and getting out there and hustling is doing good, but you really need to get, have that balance in life where you can yeah. gain, if you're hustling, cause you do, you do need to hustle to an extent, but your goal should be to, to be financially free so that you can taper back that time so that you can do the things you ultimately love. Sure. There's going to be a moment of sacrifice yeah. where you are going to have to hustle and put in the work, but yeah. Do it how it's true to you. Cause I think sometimes you can be over-inspired. I do think that a person can have too many inspirations totally. to the point where you don't know how to make up your mind because you're just, it's too much. And then you mm-hmm. get to a point where, yeah, you're hustling, but when hustle comes at the expense of certain relationships that keep you healthy, Mm-hmm. right that keep you happy then is it worth it is it worth it to have all this money and all that stuff but you burnt every bridge because it was more bro. important or you're in mm-hmm. a hospital oh you're a millionaire yeah but you're in a hospital every day bro <laughs> doesn't make, it doesn't make sense exactly yeah you talked yeah. about clubhouse man that clubhouse life that's that was where i saw you got all these people in clubhouse listening to these mastermind groups but really and truly it's it's kind of like that high school, you can't sit at this table. Bro. And so now you're just there waiting to sit at the table one day. And it's, but why though? You're mm-hmm. good. Do you really need to listen to this all day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, man. So I said hustle fatigue and you said hustle paralysis, mm-hmm. which I like. Like, I like it's true. That. Like you, you can, yeah. you can overwork a muscle when you're mm-hmm. exercising to the point where you get hurt oh, and you can't. like that. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can yeah. overwork a muscle where that'll put you in the hospital and you can, they have this thing called rhabdomyolysis and you can literally overwork it to the point where you could kill yourself. Like people think yeah. they're trying to get strong doing too many pushups. And yes, there's definitely a hustle fatigue. There's a, and that will put you in <laughs> without, without your choosing in a paralysis. Bro, and yeah, it's a muscle, part of no, you just nailed it. I love that. You guys. It's like a muscle. You can work out a muscle too much. You, you do need a day off. That the mm-hmm. rest days are mm-hmm. important and time limits are important. That's mm-hmm. deep, man. Treat, treat hustle like a muscle. Okay. So if comfortable to share, because we've talked mm-hmm. about these, but if comfortable to share, what are a big failure or some failures? And we can you can go as long as you need. What are some failures that you experienced? that were crippling, but ultimately led to you living a better life or being happy? Mm. As an entrepreneur who didn't have access to resources and stuff, like I, I literally had to learn from one failure to the next. Just like a mm-hmm. child, when it learns mm-hmm. how to walk, like it's literally falling forward. Yeah. And one of my big, one of my 
one of my first big real businesses. Like I've had a lot of hustles along the way, but one yes. of my first real businesses was a fitness center in Michigan. I opened it up while I was in grad school and I had a business partner come on who offered to buy the entire building. We were in one third of the building and the other side was shared by this auto parts store that was kind of going under and we were running out of space. We ran out of capacity and he literally came in. He was this guy who he was a basically a fixer for private equity firms and he would come in mm -hmm. and help these businesses. And so he was one of the members of our gym and he had given this, us this proposition. He says, hey, I'll give you this much money in exchange for this much equity in the company. I'm a big shark tank guy. I was like, oh man, that's a great deal. Like we still have 51% of the business and he gave us this much cash and it gave us the ability to buy the building. And anyway, we were able to kind of build our dreams. And one thing led to the next and through the build out, he, he was way more actively involved in the process. And all of a sudden we saw that the, the partnership wasn't a a great fit. There was just some communication breakdowns, some expectation breakdowns, and it, it led to a pretty bitter ending that threw me for a tailspin because this was a tiny town of like 4,000 people. We were like the only gym in town. And yeah, really messed with my head as a business person. Like this dude was seasoned. He had tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. And I was like, man, I am a failure. And one of the biggest failures Number one was expectations. Like I just didn't, we didn't have the, the right expectations going into it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or the ability to communicate what those expectations were. Mm -hmm. And we had written up contracts and everything. And like when you're new in business, you don't really know much about the legalese of business and contracts. And yeah, I knew nothing about that kind of stuff. I was like, cool, money, we still have control, equity. And it was funny. It was literally like some subtle things that were put into the contracts, like commas or and ors that were put in there that literally gave this investor all of the leverage that I wish I would have known going into it. And going back, like that was a huge failure for me. Mm -hmm. Like it was a huge public failure. We did walk away with some money, but it was like, man, this thing could have been amazing. And we still could have been a part of it. Like we had dreams to grow it out, franchise and scale it. Yeah. And, but one of the things I wish I would have done earlier as an entrepreneur is learn about, you know, getting on and talking with a lawyer. One of the things I, I found out after the fact, like once all the contracts were signed and kind of the damage had already been done. And was that you can literally talk to lawyers, like they'll give you 30 minutes for free. And what I, what I wish I would have done if I could have gone back is I would have just jumped on and talked to as many lawyers as possible to figure out who could be the best fit for you to help you protect you and your assets and your interests. And, and then also going into business, like when you're partnering with somebody, it is a marriage and you need to make sure mm. you're just as aligned and the communication is just as clear and the expectations are you're on the same page before you commit to it because it could just yeah. be just as disastrous as an ugly divorce. So that, that was one of many failures that I've gone through. I started an event company. You and I were, I kind of mentioned that a little bit. And so this is an event company. We started off as a nonprofit because we thought, Hey, like in this space, there's currently no entrepreneurship mm -hmm. happening. And if we bring all of the people together uh, within this space, like money's just going to be flowing into this nonprofit. And we thought that was the best business model for it. And so we went in as a nonprofit, we started doing events and they were all breaking even basically ticket sales were covering the cost of the event. Mm -hmm. We break even and we thought, okay, it was cool. And then the amount of work it took to put on an event didn't match our return. I was having to take time away from other things to put into this event and we weren't making any money from the event and we needed some extra support. And they were literally, we're about four years into the event and literally like we had people who were making tens, a, a lot of millions of money from coming to this event. I had one guy, he, he literally said, he said, Jeff, I broke the, the million dollar 
year mark. I've never done that in my entire life. And I attribute that success to fruition. You've changed my life. You changed my kids' lives. Like everybody was saying this thing was so transformational. And we were bringing together some of the biggest and best entrepreneurs yourself. Mm -hmm. We had Devon Franklin. We had Mm -hmm. Eric Thomas. We had the CEO of Oakley Sunglasses, also the guy who came out with the red camera. And we've we've just had a bunch of people. And then it's okay. And then we'd be like, hey, we're looking to fundraise for this thing just to keep it floating and just wasn't working. And so literally I was at the place where I wanted to shut it down. And I remember I was like, I I can't. I literally had a conversation with one of our investors and he just couldn't give at the time. Mm -hmm. And that was a Friday. And I said, okay, I'm done. I'm moving on. I'm just going to get a regular J-O-B that'll come with benefits and all this other kind of stuff. So I know I'll have some consistency Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to make this this event company, Fruition Lab, a full-time gig. Mm -hmm. And uh, that Monday, I got a call from a guy out of the blue who had heard about me from somebody else who said, hey, I heard about what you're doing. I love it. What do you need? I said, well, me and my other partner are in this. If we can have our salaries taken care of, that would take a huge load off our shoulders so that we can go all in to build this thing and Mm -hmm. scale it beyond. He's done. I'll pay for both of your salaries plus a a huge portion of the budget going on, ongoing. If you can match the, if you could match my, my investment, I was like, cool. Awesome. Nobody wants to be the first investor in a business, but if you can get that first person, that's usually what tips the dominoes, snowballs Mm -hmm. into other people wanting to invest. I said, easy. So went out, talked to a bunch of other people, found somebody, that person ended up saying, yes, this guy's a billionaire. He said, yeah, I'd be happy to do it. Then the guy ended up ghosting us. And then we couldn't find somebody to partner with us to help us match his funding. And that that guy said, hey, I'll just, I will just uh, give you guys the money and maybe the rest of the matching will come. So we just kept kind of moving forward. Again, based on a contract that was written that now the contract was written under the understanding of it being matched but there was a verbal exchange about saying, yeah, it's okay. Let's just move forward uh, with the program that uh, it's okay that things weren't matched essentially. Mm-hmm. And we, we did the event. Things the were conversation amazing. conversation didn't match the contract. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that's another thing, like learning yeah. again, communication expectations and then having things in writing are yeah. so important. And we, uh, we had the event. It was a huge success. And there was actually conversations to buy the conference from us. And we just didn't see things were a good fit. But because there was a breakdown in the communication and because we didn't fulfill the contract, that other person was able to use that position as leverage to try to wrestle it away from us. And it just got ugly again. It was another awesome partnership that was birthed. But because of a communication breakdown because of lack of expectations. And yeah, because we didn't get that conversation down on paper, it literally, like we haven't hosted the event since. And it was a huge failure for me, but Mm -hmm. I I went through a divorce after that. There was just so much stress in my life. You literally ghost after that for a minute. I did. I did. Mm -hmm. And it was literally like, I had to, I had to push a hard reset on everything. I, I literally, I went ghost on social media. I was like, I need to process like, why, why is it this stuff is happening to me? Like I found Mm -hmm. out a week before the event that my wife was having an affair and it just was crushing. I was like, why are all these pieces falling apart? And then at the end I had to figure out, okay, well, what is this saying about me? What things in my life aren't in line that are causing these things to happen? And sure, Mm -hmm. not everything that happens to me happens because of me, but I, I do need to go through and figure out like what, what was out of alignment? 
yeah. in my marriage? What was out of alignment in this business partnership? But the beautiful thing was I, I do feel like that hard reset that did allow me to step back and to assess my strengths, my weaknesses, and it did put me in an even better space and place. And it taught me the, the power of getting things in writing, the power of communicating, communicating expectations, not only in business relationships, but in yeah. our personal relationships. Like I got uh, yeah. this girl, man, she, she's just changed my life. Like as far as how we've been able to communicate and I'm able to take my failures from, from my marriage and from these previous business relationships that, that I've been able to now gain the tools to communicate yeah. better in the future. And one tool, man, if I can, Mm-hmm. share that's really helped in, in all relationships, whether it's business, your personal mm-hmm. family, whatever, is uh, by Brene Brown. She has this uh, talk on Netflix, amazing mm-hmm. talk. She has some great books. I highly recommend everything she puts out. But she has this thing on on, on Netflix that she did that was amazing. And she talks about a, a communication breakdown between her and her husband. Her husband was out uh, swimming and she kind of called out to him and Anyway, she thought he was ignoring her and and then that led her down the slippery slope of, well, maybe he doesn't love me anymore. He doesn't like me for whatever reason. And then then she gets in this funk and then her funk causes him to get in this funk and then just leads to this like days of like them staying in a funk. And then she goes up to him and they have this conversation and then she goes up to him and she says this tool that was so profound. She says, the story I was telling myself was this. And based on what was happening in this, in the situation, like you doing this, the story I started telling myself is you didn't like me. You were ignoring me. You didn't want to be with me anymore, blah, blah, blah. And then the other person, her husband was able to then turn and say, well, no, I was literally like water up to my ears. I couldn't hear what you were saying. Of course I love you. I'm sorry things led to where they were based on your understanding of the story, but that's not how it was. And so that the tool of the story I'm telling myself is based on the information I have, and you share that with the other person, that, mm-hmm. that gives them the ability to fill in the gaps in the narrative. Because we all have our perspective in the story. Yeah. I have my perspective. Yeah. The other person has their perspective. Yeah. But the story I'm telling myself based on the evidence I have is this. That allows the other person the freedom to help continue to fill in the gaps and repaint the picture in yeah. a way that is so good to help in any in any situation, whether it's business, relationship, or whatever. So, What challenges do you still face that make you nervous to start, continue, or launch? Uh, imposter syndrome. As much as I've done and all the experience I have, I, I still struggle with it, man. And it was funny. I was like, I'm, I keep mentioning this mastermind. I was at this group mm-hmm. last night and this guy who stood up and said he spent over $2 million in coaching and masterminds and from the best of the best. Yeah. And, and one of the things he said, this is a valuable tool that he uses to overcome his, his weaknesses, to overcome mm-hmm. his limiting beliefs. And you just have to think, okay, what do you want to accomplish? Like for me, it was, I would love to do a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do a YouTube channel, but I feel like there's way too many things keeping me in the way of it. I feel too embarrassed. There's just, I don't know. There's just a lot of things that just, I don't know. I just don't want to do it, but I know I want to do it. And he, said, and he says, okay, close your eyes and think, okay, what is the limiting belief that is keeping you from accomplishing that goal that you have in your brain? It's okay, cool. I am a, I, I, I feel like I am, I'm an imposter. I have an imposter syndrome. I say, okay, now ask yourself the question, does that limiting belief serve you? Hmm. And does, and where does that limiting belief come from? And he said, limiting beliefs 
our beliefs that have been developed over time based on some traumatic experience in your life. And those beliefs are usually associated with heightened emotions. Right. Right. And so he says, limiting beliefs step into place because either somebody told you you weren't good enough, you aren't going to be good enough, whether it's shame, embarrassment, fear, somebody criticizing you, hurting your feelings, something. And so that emotion was attached to that limiting belief that, that you keep telling yourself that over and over and over. And that's a belief that has been come, that's been with you for a very long time that you're bringing up through your childhood to today. And he says, what does that belief, how does that belief serve you? And this is the big one. He said, he says, how much money are you losing? Believing it. Boom. And to me, that was so big. Like what is, so what, so if this thing is really in the way of you accomplishing your goals, how much are you losing by holding on to that? And he says, now flip it. So that thing you want to accomplish. So for me, I want to be, I want to create a YouTube channel called the explore tab. And I want to help people like experience the things that they're seeing in their IG in mm-hmm. real life. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to go explore things that I see in my Instagram explore tab in real life and document that kind of in a vlog style. And then also help other people do the same. And I want to help people make their dreams come true. And I said, but I still have this imposter syndrome. I'll be embarrassed. I don't have the tools to do it. And, and he says, okay, now flip it. And he said, you have to say to yourself, I am an expert in helping people make their dreams come true. And he says, how does that feel? And you still, even when you say that the first time, like you still, like that imposter syndrome is like still in the mix. Like you, yeah. you still haven't, yeah. he says, say it again. He says, I am an expert at helping make people make their dreams come true. And he says, now attach the emotion you want to associate with that accomplishment. He says, what do you want to feel? And he said, well, I want to feel joy. Like the reason why I want to help people make their dreams come true. And the re- and he says, because I, I want to feel joy. He says, so now attach joy to me. He says, stand up and say it 10 times out loud with as much joy as you can muster. And you just, you get through it. And says, he says, he does that every single day. He says, what is the limiting belief in the way of his biggest goals? And then asks himself the question, is that limiting belief serving me? How much money am I losing by holding on to that limiting belief? And then turns it around and says, no, I, I remove it. I remove that old limiting belief and I attach mm. joy to the new belief, the empowering belief that will move me forward no matter what. So yeah, I, that, that is like my biggest obstacle that I'm wrestling with. And it's one of the goals that I have is to start a, a YouTube channel show yeah. that that's literally like last night, I feel like I kind of unlocked the key or like I'm starting to chip mm-hmm. away at the, mm-hmm. at the limiting belief that's keeping me from it. But yeah. Bro, you need to start that. That sounds, that sounds dope. <laughs> that sounds dope. And, and, having, right. and, and literally being married to a YouTuber. Like I'm like, yo, she would even say, yeah, hey, hey, that's cold. That's Dude, cold. So I appreciate man, it, it, man. But it's true, but it sucks. Mm-hmm. Imagine, especially people listening, like how many dreams yeah. do you have in your heart? And you have to ask yourself, like, what is literally in the way of you accomplishing that dream? What limiting belief is in the way? Yeah. And then you have to chip through that thing. You have to. And and and, and what's so crazy is that it gets into your subconscious. So you really have to have that heart to heart with yourself because you might not even know what your limiting belief is or the limiting belief you think you have is not really it. It's it's the ice. It's the tip of the iceberg of what it really Mm -hmm. is. And so you're like, how do you dig into that? How would you say to give advice to the listeners is if, if they think that their limiting belief is one thing or they don't think they have one, how what would you say the exercise is to, to discover it? I think it's, it's, it's a daily practice. The, the journey to success 
is literally a journey. So it's not, you just, you wake up and you arrive at where you want to be. And I think it's, it's spending time in self-reflection, spending time meditation, spending time thinking, processing, and literally like for me, it's close your eyes. And what is that thing in between you and where you want to be and just sit with it? Be okay with it. And then when that, when that pain, that soft spot kind of reveals itself, say, okay, what is that? Where's that coming from? And then try to figure out like what point in my life did that come? Was that something my parents said, a teacher said, a business partner, what, whatever? Was there some kind of life experience that associated me with that trauma? There's some people that do hypnotherapy. I've done some hypnotherapy sessions that I thought have been very very, very impactful in my life. And what they're able mm-hmm. to do is kind of figure out spaces. Cause a lot of times our brain is, does the familiar. And if, if we have these neural pathways that we're super familiar to doing, it's very mm-hmm. easy also for the brain not to go to places that are painful. Mm-hmm. And so we hide trauma in these closets in our brain that hypnotherapists are able to kind of basically use, they call it active, active meditation to help you find these closets in your brain that have these traumas. And they're able to kind of help you disassociate from those traumas and work through them to help you unblock some pretty powerful blocks in your mind that, that I've been able to do. So on a practical note, like hypnotherapy has really worked really well for me. Yeah. Cause that can actually help you reveal that purpose. Cause that purpose might be hidden behind a trauma. And that's, it's and true. It's crazy. right there. It's true. Yep. I believe yeah, it, man. man. I got one last question and that is, what would you say to the listener listening right now who was terribly afraid to get started on their dream, afraid to continue their dream, or afraid to finally quit a job, a bad relationship, et cetera. I think a lot of people have to figure out what do they, what do they ultimately want in life? What brings you the ultimate joy? And that's also something you need to sit with. Like what, and go back to your childhood. Think about an elementary school. What was the thing that brought you the most amount of joy? They talk about, there's a study on dreams that was done. I have a friend who's literally a dream manager. He, he works for Infusionsoft and he literally, his his job was to help people accomplish their dreams, whether it was getting an Xbox, running a marathon, all that kind of stuff. Because when you're able to accomplish your goals, you're more satisfied. And when you're more satisfied, you're less likely to leave. And so it helped with retention in the company. Mm-hmm. And so he was a dream manager. One of the things he said, he says, we lose that capacity to dream over time if we don't continue to develop it. And yeah, I think it's important for us to go back and remember the things that we wanted when we were a kid. And he talks about this. He says, how many people are currently pursuing the career they wanted as a child? When you're asked as a kid in elementary school, what did you want to do? I want to be a firefighter. Or I, want to be, I want to be a spaceman or I want to be a bajillionaire or a rock star and all that kind of stuff. And he says, the percentage of people who actually pursue those childhood career paths don't, do, don't pursue them. But he says, the percentage, the happiness percentage of those who do pers- pursue those childhood dreams for careers, they're like 97% like satisfied in their career because they pursued them. And so I think for one, it's finding out that thing that really brings you joy. And then once you find that thing that really brings you joy, go after it, find a way to monetize it. And then once you're finding that way to monetize the things that bring you joy, you're really willing to go through anything to make that thing a reality. And then those that are kind of paralyzed, like one step in front of the other. I also think like paralysis could be a sign where you literally just need to stop, 
sit, do something else, put the yeah. laptop down, put whatever work you do down and just change your mindset altogether. Go for a run, go watch a movie, like literally yeah. shift your mind altogether and then allow yourself some time to process it. Like don't, don't push yeah. the process. Don't force the process. And, but yeah, find the thing that brings you joy and then go after it. And a lot of times I've been in situations where you start working on the thing that brings you joy uh-huh. and then you stop having as much joy in the process. And you find the other thing. What's the other thing that brings you joy? So True. find it's the thing like that brings okay. you joy. It's okay to find a thing that brings you joy. And if it doesn't bring you joy anymore, you don't have to stick with it if it doesn't bring exactly. you joy. Exactly. Exactly. There was a meme on Instagram that was talking about a wall. It said, it said somebody said that there was a, it said, uh, I'm hitting a wall. And it says, sometimes walls are there so that we can stop and lean on them and rest. And I thought that that was the, woo. it's like, I hit a wall. Okay. Well, maybe it's not a matter of getting through that wall. It's a matter of leaning on it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually I was going to say, I was going to mention, I'm, I'm glad I remember his business. You guys is the Simpsons. <laughs> It's, it's turning people into Simpsons characters. You got it's so tight. It's so random. It's so uh, what's random. the website, man? So they can, so they can go the do Simpsons. it. It's yeah, if yeah, if you're a Simpsons fan, we turned photos into Simpsons portraits at makemeyellow.co. Co. And uh, yeah, if you if you're interested, go check us out. And I got a TEDx talk coming up on May sixth. And I'll be talking about how to rebuild your integrity. And I got a book also coming out called The Lying Lonely Loser's Guide to Winning. And uh, you're going to want to check that out as well. And if you're interested and if you have a dream on your heart that you want to make a reality, DM me. Hit me up on Instagram. It's probably the best place to find me. I would love to help you walk through the path on helping you make your dreams come true and whatever that could be. You guys, I'm going to have his links on the on the website. There's sometimes there's a lot of Hollywood people that say, hit me up and they don't really mean it. Jeff actually really will reach back out to you. Mm-hmm. That I can, I can, I can tell you, he, he really means what he says. So if you guys really have that question, have intention, hit him up, know what you want to ask. Cause he will answer you. So though, hit him up. You guys, the links will be in the website. Check out that. Make me yellow. It is randomly awesome. <laughs> it's, funny. <laughs> it's randomly awesome. Man. Thank it. you for being on the podcast, bro. Thank I hope you, people man. get a lot out of this. Oh, Ted talk May 6th. Mm-hmm. Yo, check that out. I can't wait to check it out, man. This Coming, is a level bro. up for you, bro. It's a level up. It is. It is. I'm excited, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for being on. Have a good day. Hey, appreciate it. Yes, sir.